and welcome back to episode 3 of the Rebound with Resilience podcast where we share mindsets and practical tips to raise your resilience and mental wellness. On our second episode, we talked about the first resilience mindset, reframing perspective to failure. And on this episode, we will continue with our second resilience mindset, reclaiming control. So I'll explain what reclaim control means, why it's so difficult but possible, and why it's such a powerful, proven mindset to build resilience. And then I'll end it off with some practical tips and habits you can develop to reclaim control. All right, let's begin. So I want you to start by recalling a time where you faced a failure, a setback, or a challenge that made you emotional. And maybe you worked very hard, but performed under expectations. Maybe you had a conflict with family or a close friend or maybe even a relationship that didn't work out, right? Take some time to recall the incident. How do you feel during the incident? Do you feel betrayal, unfairness, frustration, anger? What were your thoughts? Do you blame or condemn somebody else? Were you overwhelmed with negative thoughts? And lastly, what was your speech pattern? What do you say? Do you say things like, ah, everything is going downhill, someone else's fault, and I'm never going to recover from this? Now, chances are you can relate to what I said because all of us at one stage have gone through a feeling of losing control, right? Where we feel that everything is falling apart and we're losing control of our emotions, we're losing control of the situation. Now, the resilience mindset of reclaiming control means to take back control of your mind, not to control or change the outcomes of other people because we can't always control that but to focus on the only thing we can control, which is our response and how we act in the situation. See, all of us have the power to do that, and I'll share with you how to do it in a while. But before that, I want to share with you why it's so difficult to do it. You know, because when you have greater self-awareness, when you know the problem, then you can be more effective in making change. So by default, why are we so reactive and emotional? Think about it. We are attracted more to drama than to dreams. That's why the, the news is mostly negative, right? And you hear a lot of gossip, but you hardly hear people talk good about other people. That's why your vocab for gossiping is a lot, whereas your vocab for praising somebody is just, oh, he's a nice person, he's a nice guy, right? And this is something we call the negativity bias. You can Google it if you want to, uh, negativity bias, which means that we're more attracted to, we're more sensitive to negativity compared to positivity. Alright, so to help you understand the negativity bias, we need to talk about the evolution of the brain. Okay, you're going to go a bit of science, but don't worry, you'll understand it. Now, the most evolved part of our brain is called the cortex, the outer part of the brain. is responsible for language, thought, alright, thinking, the thinking part of the brain. The emotional part of the brain is called the limbic system. It's very reactive, it deals with immediate reactions, emotions, feelings. All right, and this is the part of the brain that's responsible for the stress response or what we call the fight or flight response. You might have learned it in school. Basically, if you face a threat, it will trigger certain things in your limbic system and it will release certain hormones that cause blood to flow to the end of your body or pupils to dilate and then you can run away faster. That's why it's called the fight or flight response. Right? And why was this important? Because back in the caveman era when our ancestors were roaming around hunting for food, they had to be very aware of threats in the environment because a random animal would just come and kill them, right? So their brain was very sensitive to threats. 
Now, let me give you an example to help you understand. Think of yourself as a caveman now, okay? You have a stick, you're walking around with a pole <laughs> and a spear, and you're in a jungle, and you could two mistakes to make. I'm going to give you two choices. You choose which mistake you rather make. The first choice is thinking there's a tiger when there isn't one, or thinking there's no tiger when there is one. Can I repeat myself again? Huh? Thinking there's a tiger when there isn't one, or thinking there is no tiger when there is one. Alright, obviously, you prefer to make the first mistake because if you make the second mistake just once, you're dead. Right? And our brain is evolved to make the first mistake 100 times more than the second mistake. That is why pain is a more powerful motivator than pleasure. That is why we're very sensitive to threats in the environment. Because you rather make the mistake of thinking there's a tiger when there isn't one instead of the second mistake. Now fast forward to today, we no longer get chased by saber-toothed tigers. However, we still face inverted commas threats. Like for example, failures, stressors in our life. And the same response that deals with the tiger in the past also occurs in ourselves, a very reactive, emotional response. And that is why we are so sensitive to negativity. Now, the difference is that this inverted commas tiger is not going to kill us. Failing a test, having a conflict with somebody else is not going to kill us like how the tiger is going to kill us. But we still have that same bias and that same response. And this causes us to overestimate threats and underestimate opportunities. That's why we're so reactive and why we lose control a lot of times. So that's the bad news. Now, I hope you understand why we are so negative sometimes, right? But here's the good news. We can change, we can take back control. And that actually starts with self-awareness. So I hope that sharing this with you has raised your self-awareness. So the next time you face something like this, right, you know that it's just your limbic system working. And what you can do is use, start to train yourself to use the, your cortex a little bit more. Use the thinking part of the brain to reclaim back control of your emotions. And it's proven, studies have proven that people who use this more are able to have more emotional mastery, right? They make more informed choices. They can control their emotions better. This process is known as self-regulation. This is what it means to reclaim control. All right, and it's a major part of resilience. Because in life, we cannot always control the outcome. We cannot control people, we cannot control situations or the environment. Right, imagine, it's like trying to tell the wind to like blow in a different direction. Right, we can't control the wind. Can you imagine telling the wind, hey, change direction. Right, it's ridiculous, but this is what we do sometimes. We expect other people to change. We expect this environment to be nice. But the reality is we cannot always control the wind. But what we can control is the direction of our sail. Right? If you are looking in a sailboat, you cannot control the wind. But how you control the sail of your boat determines whether you're going to reach the destination, whether you're going to reach your finish line. So in the same way, focus on your only controllable, which is your response. Now, yes, I agree that sometimes people are mean. You know, sometimes people contribute to your problem. I recognize that. But remember this, by focusing on that, by focusing on the problems of other people, the problem will just expand in your mind. If you have access to a pen and paper, you can write this down. This really helped me a lot. You know, whatever you focus on expands. Whatever you focus on expands in your mind. My mentor once told me where attention goes, energy flows, and results will show.
where attention goes, energy will flow and results will show. If you pay attention to the negativity or if you focus on what you can't change, your limbic system will just continue to fire and you just keep going around in circles, you know? But what you can do, right, is have self-awareness to know that, hey, that's not productive. I'm going to use my cortex. I'm going to use my thinking part of the brain to reclaim control and to focus on what I can control. Now, so to give you some inspiration before I go into the practical tips, I want to talk about the most powerful example of reclaiming control that I've ever come across. Right? And this is written by Viktor Frankl in a book called Man's Search for Meaning. If you haven't read the book, I highly recommend you go read it. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. You can just go and Google it. But in this book is written by a psychiatrist in a concentration camp. And this was during the Holocaust, which means that the Nazis were killing millions of Jews. Right? And the slaves, the prisoners were treated worse than slaves. They were packed like sardines. They were starved. They sleep in their own shit. They were beaten up. They were made to work until they were thin and you could see their bones. And the moment you could no longer work, they would throw you into a furnace to burn you alive. You know, and imagine if you're in that position, right? How hopeless you must feel. How dejected you must feel. But what he observed, right, was very powerful. What he observed, when I read the book, it really brought chills to me, right? He said that despite the worst possible environment, despite everything taken away from them, there was one thing that you could never take away. And that was an independence of mind. The inner spiritual freedom to make a choice and retain the dignity. And those who did so had a better chance of survival. And this is exactly what he wrote down in the book, right? That even in suffering, in death, that inner freedom to make a choice cannot be lost. That man is more than just his environment, you know? And the way that they bore their suffering, right? You can say that it was a genuine inner achievement. And I highly recommend you guys read the book and really get the most of it, right? But to summarize it, there's a quote that I want to share with you, right? And it's a quote that you wrote, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. Stimulus basically means the threat or the event, right? Between the event and the response, there's a space. In that space lies your freedom and power to choose your response. And in those responses lie your growth and your happiness. So that is really the embodiment of reclaiming control, right? The power of choice. And I hope that has given you some inspiration. And now I want to go into the practical tips on how you can reclaim control. Now, before I give you the three tips, I want you to remember a mantra. Just keep saying this to yourself, right? Respond, don't react. Every time a tough situation comes, emotional reaction, just tell yourself, respond, don't react. And give you an analogy. If a doctor gives you medication, he might say that you're reacting badly to the medication versus you're responding well to the medication. So just remember, anything that happens to you in life, just respond, don't react. So how can you respond? The first thing to do is change your speech pattern. Watch the way you speak. This is the most important thing. You know why? Because words are powerful. Just on a commonsensical level, right? you know that words can have a huge impact. Right? I've seen people who take their own lives because they were hurt by words. You know, the words, they actually tear them down. You know, and on, on the flip side, right, I've seen people who have come out of the shitholes of life right, because someone was there for them. Someone uplifted them in the words. 
words of encouragement, words of hope. So we know that words we speak to other people are extremely powerful. The question is, what are the words that you speak to yourself? Because when you speak, the first person to hear it is you. Right? The, your mouth into your ears is just a short distance. You are basically programming yourself with your own words. So you need to be very conscious with your speech pattern. Right? I get very passionate about this because if you understand this, right, you will really change the quality of your life. You know? And be very conscious of your speech pattern. Every time you speak, watch out for what I call the BMW or C to the power of 4. Okay, CCCC. BMW stands for blaming, moaning, whining. The 4C stands for criticizing, condemning, complaining, and catastrophizing. Catastrophizing means you just make the worst out of the situation. Ah, it's horrible, my life is going to be bad, and you make it very bad. Alright, blaming you guys know. Talking about other people is a person's fault. Moaning, whining, criticizing, complaining is something that we do quite often sometimes. But remember this, when you speak it right, you are reinforcing your, the program in your mind. So, I will encourage you guys, right, speak what you want that you don't have. You speak what you want that you currently don't have. Don't speak what you currently have that you don't want. Because the more you speak what you don't want, right, we're just going to stay with you. You know, and when you speak what you don't want, you're just focusing on the problem and you are making it worse. Alright, so a couple of suggestions I can make. These are a couple of lines that you can write down and repeat to yourself. First line, for things to change, first I must change. For things to change, first I must change. No matter what's happening around you, repeat this to yourself. For things to change, first I must change. Second thing, I will reclaim control. I will respond, not react. I am responsible for overcoming. So instead of saying all those things, right, try and say these few lines to yourself. And you don't need to use this just when you're facing a challenge. You can use this as part of your affirmations. I suggest go and create affirmations for yourself as well, right? Personally, for me, this is something that I've done ever since I've met good mentors. You know, and every other day I'll talk to myself. You know, I'll say things like, no, I'm industrious and focused. I will not compromise my discipline for instructions. I stay focused on my tasks. I stay present in the situation. I'm sincere, authentic, honest, loving, and kind of energetic, enthusiastic, excited. I live to love and serve other people around me. Life's greatest blessing is the ability to bless other people. And life's greatest gift is the ability to give. So ask yourself, Kevin, who are you going to bless today? Who are you going to serve today? And this is an example of my spoken word that I speak to myself to remind myself to program myself and to get my attitude up throughout the day as well. Alright, so I hope this inspires you can create your own affirmations and be very conscious of the words you speak from now on right promise me that every time you say something right you just switch it around switch flip a speech pattern and trust me your results will actually change as well all right so the second practical tip that i want to give you is called the ptca framework ptca framework it's a step-by-step process to help you move from reacting to responding. We talked about this earlier. Your limbic system is very reactive. When there's emotional trigger, can be anything, right? Can be a friend being mean, can be some guy they don't like, can be conflicts or maybe failing a test. Every time you have an emotional trigger, you trigger that response where you blame, you moan, you whine, you criticize, you condemn. Once we are trapped in that emotions, we get stuck. And it's very hard to get out of it. This framework I'm going to give you is a step-by-step framework to help you use your cortex, use your thinking part of the brain to respond. 
So what does it stand for? All right, P actually stands for pause. All right, pause. Now, there's science behind this. You know, every time you get angry, people ask you to count to 10 before punching the person. It is because when you get into emotional spiral, you cannot, you stop thinking, you literally stop thinking and you do crazy things. You do insane things. Because in that moment, right, you cannot think and it's just a very reactive response. That's why when you feel like you're going to break, when you feel like you're going to get emotional, right, just pause, count to 10, repeat this to yourself, respond, don't react, respond, don't react. Repeat this to yourself and take a step back. You can listen to music, you can go for a run. You need to break that mental um, cycle of thoughts by pausing. So pausing is very important. The next thing to do is to think. That's what the T stands for. It stands for think. So you use your cortex, right, to rationalize. Remind yourself what you have learned. And write down exactly, right, what happened. You know, write down your thoughts on paper. Write down why did it happen. You know, what happened. And what are the steps you can do to improve, to solve the problem. Write down the possible choices as well. You know, brainstorm it. And you can go listen to episode 2 as well. I'll talk more about this in detail. But the idea of thinking is that you want to give your time for your space and your thinking part of the brain to function. And write down all the possible positive actions you can take after facing this failure, after facing this setback. What is the forward-looking actions I can take? So write it down. The third one stands for choose. So P stands for pause. T stands for think and C stands for choose. So choose one of the things to do and the last one stands for act. So A stands for act. So pause, think, choose and then act. And once you keep going through this cycle again and again and again, right, you're training your mind to reclaim control. You're building a habit such that you won't be reactive in future. I'm going to give you a story just to help you understand this. This was a story told to me by, by a mentor of mine uh, in training, very experienced trainer. So he was just saying that once he went into the classroom and there was this boy that had anger management issues. So this boy, for no reason, right, came up to him and uh, pretended to kick him and almost punched him in the face. Now, if you were um, my friend or my trainer, what would you have done? Now, you'd probably get reactive, right? You'd probably send the boy out or maybe like um, shout at him and stuff like that. Now, this is what my trainer did. Uh. He actually responded. He didn't react. He said, Hey, wow, you have quite good anger management. Uh. Then the boy was like, shocked. Right? He was, huh? Sure, no, I'm trying to try and punch you. You say I got good anger management. Uh. You're trying to be funny, is it? So, no, uh. he said, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, you could have punched me, but you didn't. So, I think you have good anger management. Yeah, so the boy, wow, the boy, of course, let his gun down. And then my trainer said, Okay. Bob, his real name is not Bob, but you know, for the sake of it. Bob, let me give you a suggestion. Alright, I'm gonna give you some I'm gonna give you some freedom. Every time you feel anxious or you feel like you need to move or you need to punch somebody, you just raise up your hand. Alright, you raise up your hand, then you stand up, you walk towards me, don't run towards me, because you, you just punch me, but just walk towards me slowly. And while you're walking, I want you to think of the choices that you have. Do you want to take a break? Do you want to go and drink water? What do you want to do? Alright, and then you walk towards me, you tell me what you want to do, and then I'll give you a choice to go and do that thing. 
So this actually happened for like one, two, three days, and the boy just keep raising up his hand, telling the bus, telling my trainer, you know, oh, I want to drink water, I want to go out to class, you know, I just want to take a short nap. So every time he did this process, right, the more he did this process, by the third day, he stopped raising up his hand already, you know, and then my trainer actually asked me, hey, Bob, you stopped raising up your hand really? Then the guy said, yeah, like, I'm very tired already. <laughs> okay, but, and the teacher was very shocked. He was wondering, like, wow, this guy, you know, he couldn't manage his anger. All of a sudden, he, he started to become more in control. So the question is, what was my trainer trying to do with him? The answer to that is that he's trying to move the boy from reacting to responding by going through this PTCA framework, by asking him to raise up his hand, he's asking him to pause. And then on his way, walking towards him, he think about his, the ideas he want to do, the solutions, and then he makes a choice and acts on the choice. So by going through this loop again and again and again, he's training the boy to develop, to train, to use his cortex to reclaim control of his emotions. So understand that this process, right? I mean, it's just a framework, but you can use it in your own way and train yourself to reclaim control. So that's the second framework. And the third and the final point and habit I want to give you is step out of your comfort zone. Expand your comfort zone. See, here's the beautiful thing about life. We will always face challenges, problems, and failures. And why is that beautiful? Is because it challenges you to step out of your comfort zone, to reclaim control, to respond and not to react. Without problems, you will never train your ability to reclaim control. And Expanding your comfort zone is literally to go bigger than your problems. Right? For example, in the past, riding a bicycle might scare you. Yes, when you first started, you react, you complain, you get emotional, it's uncomfortable. But because of your parents' support, because you keep trying again and again, you eventually develop the skills to ride the bicycle. And then you became comfortable riding the bicycle. Now it's no longer a problem. Right? So riding a bicycle became from outside your comfort zone, you move inside your comfort zone because actually you didn't move inside, like you just expanded your comfort zone. Get my point? For me, to give you a personal example, when I first started speaking to schools or in front of a crowd, I got very nervous. You know, even first time I stepped to the classroom, the, everyone was just climbing over me, the people throwing like rulers at each other. And also, it was outside my comfort zone. I haven't developed the skills yet to handle it. But along the way, because I responded and I had a passion for the few, I eventually developed my skills and expanded my comfort zone. So now, going to a classroom of 40 people is not really much of a problem, right? But now I have to expand my comfort zone to speak to 1,000 people, to speak to 10,000 people. So there's always different levels of life and that's the beautiful thing. Once you expand your comfort zone and solve one problem, there'll be even bigger things that you want to work towards. And yeah, it's just, just a great challenge to actually have. And when you make a conscious decision not to stay in a nice, safe, comfortable box, but instead when you expand your comfort zone, when you go out there and try and fail, you develop your ability right, to respond and ultimately you become more resilient. And that is my sincere, sincere hope for each and every one of you listening to this. And I hope that this podcast has helped you in some way. Uh, you are all part of my family. It doesn't matter I don't see you before. I still love you guys and I want the best for all of you. Right? So just get out of your comfort zone. Just apply the principle of reclaiming control 
and I believe that you'll raise your resilience to the next level. Alright, so till the next podcast, I'll see you guys. Stay safe and stay resilient.